Welcome to the Cult of Domesticity podcast, where two best friends tell each other stories about history, true crime, and other shenanigans. I'm Courtney. And I'm Ashley. Uh, so, Ashley, this weekend, I drank wine from a can. I'm so proud. It was it was a weird experience. Was it, like, the rosé in a can? Or, like, what kind of wine are we talking here? It was a white wine... I haven't drank anything. Have you already cracked another one open? What's happening? No, I don't have any. It was a white <laughs> wine blend. Uh, that... Oh my god, you're so white. Actually, my <laughs> uncle, my uncle who sells wine had it, and I just saw oh, okay. it. I thought it was beer, and I was like, that's weird. Normally, he doesn't have beer out. It's normally, like, he literally, so we walk in, he goes, I gotta have Prosecco, I have Sangria, and I have, for some reason, they had, mar- like, tequila, uh, margaritas, but, like, in a, like, pre-made, and I was like, okay, I'm oh, not drinking those. Like, like the Bud Light Limerita things, or... No, like, um, like a homemade uh, version. No, it was a tequila version. So it was probably a better oh. margar- uh, margarita. And my 80 year old aunt goes, I've never had a margarita. <laughs> like, guess what, Doris? You're going to have one today. No, it was Eleanor. So you I know. Was just pulling up an old lady name. I'm sorry. Eleanor. Oh, Eleanor. She's great. But yeah, so I tried. It was, it was, it was white wine. I wouldn't recommend it but it was an interesting experience but you can say that you've done it now yeah it was like a man can so it's like for men to take white wine with them what kind of toxic masculinity bullshit is that that you have to have a special can for you to be able to take wine on the go which first of all probably not a great idea well, it's like supposed to be if you're going to do stuff, you could. T- Let me see if I've. I, I Again, can't... why why do you need to bring alcohol with you to do things? If you're just going out on errands and you're like, I need alcohol to face this, probably don't do those errands today. It's it's a man can, and it's a the tagline is shut up and drink. <laughs> I mean, I like that, but. <laughs> and I cannot read it to you because I took a really shitty picture and I cannot see all of the writing. But basically, the premise is, throw it throw it in your stuff like a can of beer and then if you don't like beer you can drink wine when you go hunting or fishing or whatever you're doing oh okay so like out on manly outdoors things not yeah. just like out in the world i mean you could, shopping that would improve grocery shopping it would we went grocery shopping saturday night because market basket was closed for easter and let me tell you it would have been a lot better if i was blissed at the time because it was rough well no i am drinking Black cherry bourbon, I don't know why it's gluten-free, tea beer, and I just bought it because I saw the words black cherry and bourbon, and I did not read tea beer, and now I'm yeah, a little what? apprehensive of this. Ooh, it's very light. I can't, wait, I'm going to go put this in a wine glass because I'm intrigued by this. can't deal with the can? Well, no, I want to see what it looks like because it's very okay. light and I'm very confused. Okay. Nice. Pour. Again, I feel like I'm a wine and crime right now. <laughs> That's two in a row. We're going to have to, like, pay the royalties, which we, again, cannot afford. I don't think they have royalties. We'll just we'll just pay tribute and reference them. Copiously. Okay. It did every... Oh, it's, like, pink. Oh, it kind of looks like those pictures of, like, the rosé Angry Orchard stuff. Yeah. But it's, like, beer. Also, I drink other wine out of this glass, so... <laughs> oh, good. It's going to taste delicious. Yeah, it's, a. Uh... It's a little cloudy. A little cloudy... There's a lot of fingerprints on it. Um, oh, okay. You can literally well, I can't see, see those from here. Well, I can see, yeah, like, two of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's like an amberish. Yeah, it's like a rosé amber. Is that a thing? Except for it's beer. Yeah. Yeah. 
Are we drinking in celebration of your newfound employment? Yes, I, I, I have found employment. Now I just need to find an affordable place to live and a second job. Well, one out of three ain't bad. <laughs> I get to go hang out with Lisa from Eye for an Eye, so it's That's not going to be horrible. Yay. I get to go, I mean, the building. We're going to be closer together. It's not going to be 700 miles anymore. It's going to be like 500, maybe, or 400. I'm farther yeah. south. Hang on. I'm going to find out now. Wait a minute. Oh, hang on. Yeah, I don't like this. I don't <laughs> like it. I, it has a tea aftertaste. I can't. I want to know, like, what is tea beer? Someone. Well, while Ashley someone, does this, I'm gonna do some. Tell us. Someone we're tell too us. lazy. Um, <laughs> we don't have research today. So I'll do some shout outs because I was really bored while my dog got groomed today. So I was like, we should shout out some awesome people. 473 miles to pit, to the center of Pittsburgh. How is that actually closer? Because I'm farther south. Hang on. Okay. Well, while you do this, I'm going to do shout outs. Because you're further east, though. I'm further east but farther south. So that should be about the same. Hang on. That's, that is 520. Oh, okay. Because you have to come back up and over. Yeah. Okay. So it's not that bad. So it's about the same. No. Eh. Like Why are we saying seven? Left. Are we saying seven hundred because of Cleveland? I don't remember. We're just gonna keep it now. We're just gonna I keep can... it because we're just gonna change it in a couple of weeks anyway. We don't have to. Nope, we're gonna keep it. Are we just we're gonna, just keep, gonna it? keep it. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna keep it. We're, no gonna, be, we're gonna be intentionally wrong. Yeah. But I dig it. Okay, so now that we figured that out, some shout outs because some cool things happen. Um, yeah. So special thanks to podcasts because uh, I was thirty three percent pulp had me on to talk about a movie that is very interesting to say the least um so you should definitely go check them out they're fantastic if you like uh novels that you buy based on the cover they split it up into thirds and each take a turn reading it also the fact that their uh their last uh section of country girl none of Daniel was making dick jokes and no one else got them in the group and I was sitting there dying so I was driving somewhere so that made me happy uh so yes thank you to all of 33% pulp but specifically Lindsay because that's who I talked to um the hidden staircase who's also I feel like this is just Courtney corner now um a little bit a I'm, little... Not, I'm not texting someone else so it's fine uh who Sorry. was gracious enough to let me lend my voice to one of their episodes and to Frank and Pod who gave us a shout out on 33% pulp also she made us buttons yeah she made I'm us really buttons. excited about them uh, Caitlin said she was gonna put wear it on her forehead she has yet to dig the actual button into her forehead she started by just leaving it on top of her head. I feel like she's going to try to get around it by putting it on, like, the brim of a hat. Not acceptable. <laughs> um, also, if you have not seen, I haven't put it on our Instagram yet. I need to. But uh, Robbie Burr made us yes. the best the Photoshop. Gareth Reynolds. the lock screen on my phone right now. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, if you want to see it right now, I know we have shared it on our Facebook and yeah. Twitter. And I'll do it on our Instagram, but it is it's amazing. So good. It's so good. It's exactly what we hoped for and did not expect to receive. <laughs> it was better than what I hoped for so because good. I Ashley told me she was going to make it, so I assumed it was going to be a little off, which if Wait, anyone listens- I don't remember. Yeah, so if I had told you that I was going to make it, it was never going to happen because I forgot that I said that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you forgot right after, so yeah. that was a lot better than I yeah. hoped for. I forgot and Ashley didn't even drink that much. 
No, I didn't. And that she didn't, didn't drink, drink anything. anything and I'm like, keep drinking this sad beer. And just... I'm drinking water right now. I have water. I am, on, I am on Zyrtec, though. So there's that. But it's like the over-the-counter stuff. It's not even the stuff that I have to sell you from the pharmacy. So it's not even the good stuff. Um, True Crime Island made it into the finals for the popular vote for on the Australian Podcast Awards. So you should go vote for them. Yay! Like, That's exciting. As, yeah, as much as you can because they're pretty awesome. And we have to support our fellow True Crime Podcast family really hardcore. You can't see it, but I'm nodding vehemently right now. Yeah, and that's all. That's all of my boredom from sitting in Starbucks today. <laughs> Are you ready to start this? Yeah, I don't know what the fuck we're talking about. So, all right, I'm really surprised because I learned about this the first time in one of my history classes. Oh, all right. The Oneida community was a perfectionist religious communal society founded by John Humphrey Noyes in Oneida, New York. I know. As I was saying it, I was like, Noyes, like. N-O-I-S-E, but it's not. It's N-O-Y-E-S. And he's yeah, picture he one. A, he has a very unfortunate name. He does, but it also makes my life easier when I'm talking because, like, I just he have to say. He looks like a more, uh, like he, a better bearded Bill Murray. I can see that. He doesn't look like as much of a creep as he ends up kind of being. Like, he just kind of looks like a grandfatherly sort in the picture that I found. Yeah. But and he ends so- up being kind of real big creep. Good intentions, I think. Still a creep. Does he do the creep? He does. He does the creep. Ha! Ah. <laughs> SNL, we love you. All right. So he experienced a religious conversion during a revival in 1831 when he was 20 years old. So we're solidly in the Great Awakening. Awaken. And also, like, he founds the community in upstate New York, but he was from so that I want to say Southern Vermont. So like also solidly in the burnt over district from the great awakening so this is what this is where i learned about it from was when we talked about that in history class it was like a side note in the history book and i was like i know that name i'm gonna look that up when i get home yeah i think and i've then, heard the name but i don't remember later, uh, well okay so so he has this great conversion decides i'm not going to law school anymore and he attends andover theological seminary and yale divinity school so, so it's kind of like Martin Luther, where he was like, like really well educated, divinity wise, theologically, but um, has accepted the preaching of the doctrine of perfectionism, which is the idea that after conversion, one was free of all sin, was considered too unorthodox, and he was denied ordination. So he, yeah, slightly so wait, problematic there. Wait, wait, what faith was he trying to be ordained into? I couldn't couldn't figure that out. Some sort of some, Protestant sect. Some sort of Protestantism, yeah. Damn, I you have to be want to say yeah. Well, so like he ends up founding his own branch, kind of, but it sort of doesn't doesn't really flower. So welcome to Protestantism. If you don't like it, start your own church. Start your own church. <laughs> Legit, what he did. All right. Sorry, so I'm just thinking of Martin Luther's fears and what actually happened. I know. Starting this and shit. he was, his fears were 100% realized in them. So. Anyway. All right. So the community he went on to found believed that, brace yourself for this one. This is good. The I, kingdom wait, of God wait, wait, on wait, earth. I gotta find things to brace. Okay, I'm ready. I'm bracing. <laughs> you look like, do you watch Impractical Jokers? Because you look like Sal when he's mid-fall right now. <laughs> you know I don't. You gotta. All right. <sighs> I embraced and prepared. 
I can do like the old lady falling or like Mara. <laughs> Get your life alert. All right. The community he went on to found believed that the kingdom of God on earth had arrived with the second coming of Jesus during the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in 70 AD. And they embraced the communalism of the early Christian church in their effort to create a more equal, just, and rational or perfect society and their new Eden in this world, not just in heaven. So, Take a minute and let that sink in. Question. Yup. Did no one notice Jesus came back? Apparently not. So, who did he think Jesus was again? Uh, I, they didn't say. They just said that they're pretty sure he already came back, and that means that we're already in the process of the millennial return of Christ, which takes place over a thousand years, hence millennial, not necessarily turn of the millennia. So, we're fucked then. I mean, it's not looking great for us. <laughs> we're coming to an end here. Although... Well, that- if you think about it, if he came back in 70 AD and it was only supposed to be a thousand years, like, that shit should have happened almost a thousand years ago. So it would have been 1070 when all of the Revelation St. John on the Isle of Patmos stuff happened. They must we didn't hear anything about that, so I don't know how in 1800 they were like, oh, yeah, he's running a little late. It's 800 years, but it's fine. So maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so we all just didn't go up then. We're all screwed. We've all been, everyone else has gone up. We're none the leftovers. Us, none of us got raptured. We're all fucked. Well, I guess if we're, if we miss the rapture, I'm okay with that. I mean. Because I was born after it. So I was yeah. already, I was born fucked. Yeah. This is a solid theological standpoint here. We are both avid not theologians. Like, not we like put we our theologian's hat on today in our little theologian's robe. I mean. I'm not wearing a onesie, like- so. You have, like, six Bibles. I do have six Bibles. I can't believe you remembered that. And I have, like, three, so maybe we are theologians. In which and, case, I mean, it's not six Bibles in the house. I personally have six Bibles because they <laughs> kept giving them to Bibles me. more Bibles than other people in your house own. Yeah. yeah and I, so- I own three. I'm Wait, pretty does sure. does this mean I'm fucked then? One more. Yeah, probably. The Ouija board above your head? Yeah, not looking great. All right. We gotta move this along. That was only paragraph one. Even though the community only reached a maximum population of about 300 people, it had a complex bureaucracy of 27 standing committees and 48 administrative sections, aka the most Protestant thing I have ever heard in my life. So much bureaucracy. I kind of love it, though. For so little people. Like, everyone's on six committees. serving on six committees. I don't think I could stand working on six committees with different people. I think Uh, they might shake someone. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder what the I wonder what the incidents of anyway. All right, shaking are (laughs) in either sense of the word. Probably pretty low because the community believes strongly in a system of free love, a term noises credited with coining, known as complex marriage, where any member was free to have sex with any other who consented. Possessiveness and exclusive relationships were frowned upon. Unlike the, like, 20th century social movements, though, like the sexual revolution of the 1960s, um, the Oneidans did not seek consequence-free sex for pleasure, but believed that because the natural outcome of intercourse is pregnancy, raising children should be a communal responsibility. So they're like, we're all going to get it on with each other and not be super possessive, but also we're all going to raise everyone's kids together because that's fair. So you don't know. You could accidentally sleep with a half-sibling. You have no idea. It didn't last long enough for that. Well, but that's in good. theory, if it had continued long enough. Um, so wait, so you could fuck anyone as long as it was consensual, which was, mm-hmm. hey, A plus for them, consent. Right. 
But okay, so don't get too excited though, because um, this is real gross. Did did brace yourself? Kind-looking Bill Murray, fuck it up. Oh yeah, he really did. That's not the part that I'm going to talk about just yet, though. I'm getting there, but yeah. Also, Socks is begging to come in, and I'm not letting him. <sighs> Don't shut on the floor, Socks. Maybe you can come in. Yeah, Socks. Maybe if you stopped going past the laundry basket barrier, you would have more friends. Stay in your lane. All right. Stop <laughs> shitting on the carpet. <laughs> Why are we bullying your cat? <laughs> he can't hear us. I know. Why are we bullying him and he's not even here to listen? Because it's even if he system. was, you have headphones on and he doesn't know me. So like, why? Why are we doing her. this? Why are we I don't like know this? Her. Uh, he's also just an asshole. And if I wanted to be truly mean, I would like make him meet the ca- the dog. But I wouldn't do that because he'd probably have a heart attack and die. And I've already had enough cat death in my life right now. I'm gonna wait until I have your full attention for the grossness that I'm about to drop on you, though. <laughs> Yeah, that face is gonna be a lot worse. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who apparently was here 70 years AD and didn't even say anything about it. Yes, I have my crappy beer in hand. I'm ready. Tell me the horrible thing. I'd put it down. You're gonna spit it out. <laughs> well, it's not in my mouth, so thank you very much. It's by my mouth. All right. Women over the age of 40 were to act as sexual mentors to adolescent boys, as these relationships had minimal chance of conceiving. Furthermore, these women then became religious role models for the young men. Likewise, older men often introduced young women to sex. Guess who decides who partners with who? Creepy, kind-looking Bill Murray. Yep. Noise often used his own judgment in determining partnerships that would form, and would often encourage relationships between the less devout and more devout in the community in hopes that the attitudes and behaviors of the devout would influence the less devout. Which I kind of get. That sort of makes sense. But he's still weird. So, I mean, the... the Using the older individual with the younger individual to teach them sex isn't a new thing. The Spartans did it. I know, but like, that doesn't make it any less weird. It doesn't make it any less weird, but there's historical precedent. I mean, (laughs) the fact that he's picking it is weird because before at that point, they would pick... It's a little Warren Jeffsy. That's all I'm saying. The FLDS... Oh, really? Yes. Really? Yeah, yeah, no, no. When you said FLDS, I knew what you meant. Sorry. Um, I, I read Under the Banner of Heaven and it talked yeah. about Rule on Jeffs and Warren Jeffs and. But yeah. It's a whole so, thing. So, I mean, I mean, there's precedent for it. Do I think it's right? No, because do the children probably don't get a say of when they're ready for this? That was. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Well, did, not in a did, minute, towards the end. Did but. noise? Noise? Oh, I'm going to call him that now. Quit noise. thinking ahead! Did noise to pick stay it? in the moment. Okay. I'll, dr- I'll keep drinking so, while you keep talking. In theory, complex marriage eliminated jealousy and the quote-unquote claiming spirit by marrying <laughs> all of the men to the community to all of the women. So everyone is married to everyone. And encouraging members to enjoy, and I'm quoting here, frequent lovemaking in multiple partners. Um, Oneida men took responsibility for birth control by practicing quote-unquote male continence and then it's in parentheses coitus reservatus i'm gonna go ahead and let you come to your own conclusions what that is practically speaking which supposedly provided the women i see your hand we'll get to it in a minute which is probably a quote anyway (laughs) which supposedly provided the women with greater sexual satisfaction and fewer pregnancies than more typical victorian matrons yes dear 
Okay, several things. <clears throat> yeah, that's a problematic paragraph. I warned you. Um, human nature is not prone to not having jealousy, otherwise the ID channel would not exist or oxygen. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, I'm gonna go with this the birth control method they're doing is the pullout, and I doubt that um, works. Less pullout, more I think the term is edging, where like the dudes just didn't get off with the women. I don't know. Like they would get close and then be like, Nope, done later congratulations yeah, i know yeah. you had a nice time i'm out of here let's <laughs> like, not I don't, I don't know. that didn't happen well apparently it was fairly effective because like again we're getting there anyway i'm sorry <sighs> what is this why i mean we're gonna go that... through all the question verbs now <laughs> or adjectives okay so like who joined this why why is this happening Okay, who joined this? People who back in the day were like, hey, communism is great. And we hadn't already tried it enough times for them to be like, yeah, it's a, it's a decent theory, but the execution almost never, ever works out the way you think it's gonna. Um, why? Because they wanted to be part of a community where everyone shared everything, including each other. I forget what your third question was, but I'm assuming I probably might have an answer. I was just going through up. the question. Wait, okay. <laughs> I'm looking for... This is what happens when Ashley actually does research for her episode. <laughs> you get answers. Okay, wait. So, no, I think they're basing it on uni- u- utopianism, which yes. is way yeah. older. It's 1500s. It was, yeah, St. Thomas More. Utopia. Yeah, I love him. I love Thomas More until he becomes dick, a giant ass dick. But <laughs> He's a dick, but I love him. He's such a dick. But, you know. He lit people on fire. Anyway. A lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people. He lit, like, a lot, for a lot of not people. not great reasons. Ashley... Note to later, Ashley, please do Thomas More. Oh, I absolutely already had planned on it. Don't you worry. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Except he would have been like, no, I'm married. I'm married. I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm married and we have seven kids at home, so no. <laughs> Sir, no, thank you. That's yeah. enough kids. That's, that's, <laughs> that's about like... seven too many. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you may want to talk to my friend Henry, though. He'll do it. No, thank you. I'm pretty sure yeah, he no, had... we're good. Oh. Oh, I remember another question I had about this. Okay, yep. Hit me. Um, BD? Yes? No? Maybe? They don't talk about it, but... I don't know, like, 300 people all... Because think about it, they could have sexual histories before they come into the comic. Yeah. What if someone well, came like, in with I BD? Don't I don't and know. The, oh, oh. For people who don't know, BD is an abbreviation for venereal disease, a.k.a. Old-timey STDs. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, they're the same diseases, but it's an old-time abbreviation. Yeah. <laughs> and if I get a chance and I can find the book that I read for oh, my British... Oh, please history of STDs. Please. We would be um, so awkward. I have, I, I have read the history of British imperial policy towards venereal diseases, and it's racist, sexist, and classist. What? The British never would have You want to hear the them. worst fact about it? The worst fact that I like to bring up and disturb people. Do I? Okay, first of all, <laughs> do I want to hear it? Second of all, do I have a choice? The answer is no to both. <laughs> um, so, during the First World War, the brothels in Cairo were so busy that there was a line. So basically, the girls didn't get a break, and the policy was then that it's the woman's fault that the guys were getting VD, not that men could spread it. So my thought was when I read this was, do they just lay there after, like at that point, if you're just having, like, you're just doing exchange after exchange after exchange, do you even get a break? 
Also, how do you, at that point, how do you not get VD? Also, my other fun fact that freaks out anyone who's interested in science. Question, real yes. quick. Did they call the line a round of applause because it's a bunch of people getting the clap at the same time? <laughs> Please do not cut that out. That <laughs> no, is a not saying. This is so off topic. All no, right. please, please, because it's relevant because I asked. It's relevant. I asked the question. Okay. Mark. All right. Um, and anyway. my other fun fact that I learned that freaked out all my friends who are in microbiology. So my other fun fact that I picked up from this book, which is, um, oh, I can't remember what it is, but I can't even remember the author right now. It's really bad, but I love her. Um, tea beer, man. Yeah, it's a tea beer. <laughs> I could look it. I could look it up really quick, but we want to get through this. Um, I'll share it. I'll find it and okay. make it one of the things. Um, so they initially thought that venereal disease was spread from a lack of pure air. And my question was, is it they're not getting enough pure air or do they not air out their junk? And the people I know who have studied microbiology and stuff just look at me and go, that's not how it worked. And I go, it's before microscopes, bitches! This was back when they thought blowing smoke up someone's ass literally was a cure for coughing. So... Or putting mercury up your dick cured syphilis. Also, yes. Just imagine, and think about the needle size. Oh, God. Yeah, no. Less than I am sorry. Wait, wait, wait. I am now sorry to all gentlemen who just cringed. And they're like, oh, no, no, uh, no. Oh, no. We, well, I was going to say we feel your pain, but no, not really. Do you want me to talk about the hand method of nope. abortion? Anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> Please keep that in up until I started talking this section. And then you're just like, um, okay. And nope, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Moving right. on. So. I remember. How many things does Courtney know to scar you? How many things does she know to do that? <laughs> Just a lot. All of a them. A lot. All of them. Like eighty oh, percent of them. All right. I could talk about abortion plans. Nope. <laughs> no, you can't. All right. So another thing that set the community apart. Every member of the community. I don't think I said that right. No, you're fine. Go ahead. That was good. Every member of the community was subject to criticism by committee. Or the community as a whole during a general meeting. The goal of this was to eliminate undesirable character traits. Scientology or Jonestown? Which one you going with this is closer to? Closer to Jonestown, but with less toxic intentions, I think. With less uh, flavor-aid? I wouldn't go that far. Do they have flavor I didn't think they had flavor-aid. I don't know when flavor-aid was invented, so I'm not ruling it out. Alright, so... um, the interesting thing is that various contemporary sources contend that Noyce himself was subject to the criticism, but less often and probably less severe criticism than, like, the rest of the community dealt with. So, like, he wasn't above getting his shit called out in front of everyone, but, like, everyone probably went a little easy on him, is what people tend to think. I'm not gonna lie, I'm still, every time you say nice, I hear noise. Noise. Yeah. I, I just hear noise <laughs> from Brooklyn Nine-Nine because that's kind of where I, my brain goes when you say that yeah, all right um yeah I mean it's kind of like criticizing your boss do you really yeah, want to like, do it do you really no, no. do you really want to do it like, but really no. <laughs> no so beginning in 1862 Oneida's Bible communists their term their term built the mansion house red? huh did they wear any red I don't know, because I like didn't have color photography back then, so I don't know. Little, um, little, little red patches, snazz up an outfit. It wasn't McCarthyism, okay? 
Yeah, it was welcome that you'd want to wear your little red patch or like I said, to show off. Hadn't quite got to the point where they realized this is a flawed exercise. All right, I know. Lennon succeeds in 1917. It's fine. 1862, (laughs) they build the mansion house, which is a brick and mortar embodiment of their secular ideals, which proved to be more enduring than their theological beliefs, namely secular ideals, meaning like an openness to new ideas, constant striving for self-improvement, and the primacy of reason and value of curiosity. Question. Check out picture number two. How do you represent that in a building? That does not look like a building that you would expect. It's a nice house, right? It's a Victorian house. It's Victorian architecture. Yeah, they got 300 people in there somehow. Very cozy and you're sharing beds. I mean, you're all kind of moving around, probably, so. Probably, you know what, they probably had one room that was just one giant bed for all the orgies. All right, wait for it. (laughs) You may want to brace again. You may want to brace. No, well, okay. I know, but not really. Put the bad beer down. I'm braced. Kind of, but not really. All right. I'm braced earthquake. <clears throat> I got to get myself ready. You're in a pretty good brace position. This I'm going to need to get into... I'm going to use Monopoly. <laughs> this is my airplane brace. Okay. A program of eugenics, then known as Sterpiculture, was introduced Fucking in 1869. It was a selective breeding program designed to create more perfect children. Communitarians who wish to be parents would go before a committee to be matched based on their spiritual and moral qualities. Put those fingers away, I fucking warned you. 53 women and 38 men participated in this program, which necessitated the construction of a new wing of the mansion house because the experiment yielded 58 children, nine, of whom, nine of whom were fathered by noise. Noise fathered nine children, only nine? Uh, well, they don't give stats on how many the other people gave, like, contributed to this horror show. I'm sorry, in case, because you cannot see this, because we have not yet developed the technology or we don't really want people to see us while we were to do this, I was flipping Ashley off because eugenics. I never said it was a good thing, and I warned you. No, I know, so. but I was just generally flipping eugenics off because fuck that. Yep, and the horse it rode it on. All right, also, I just want to point out that, like, this group with all of the subcommittees is going, you know what? One of them's going to decide what our kids are going to look like and who's banging to make them. So, like, you go before a committee and request approval to, like, actually finish in a woman, basically. Or be finished in if you're a woman. Because keep in mind, until you're approved by the committee, if you, like, don't do the male birth control thing, you're pretty much, like, you risk public censure and private rejection. So, like, no one's going to bang you. And also, they're calling you the fuck out at one of these criticism meetings. <laughs> so, and then, and then let's you have to go, talk about you, that. You have to go second. hang out with Amelia Dreyer. Amelia Dreyer, yeah, right. She'll take care of the problem for you. She'll <laughs> take your baby. It's fine. It's not okay. fine. It's not fine. It's not, not fine. fine. None of this is fine. Also, wait, so do you have to go up together as a couple and be like, we would like to well, have so a child like, together? Or just you... so, like volunteer individually and then they match you based on like your it says based on spiritual and moral qualities so like on the one hand they're not matching you to get like physical attributes which i guess is sort of commendable for eugenics program as far as eugenics programs go like they're going for like personality stuff but that doesn't really necessarily pass on to the kids 
I feel like I should call on you, but I feel like it's weird because no one can see that you're like tentatively raising your hand and putting it down and then raising it again. Um, so the reason why, so if you get put together, what if you're really sexually incompatible? Like, could you just imagine like, awkward you're not, sex? You're not doing it for the pleasure of it at that point. Like the whole point was never, but I mean, quote, never for the sole pleasure of like getting down. It was because it's a human nature thing, and the goal is to produce kids. But still, my thoughts on this is, I'm thinking there's still a lot of women lying back and I guess, in this case, thinking, thinking of, of America. America. <laughs> yes. Not thinking of England, I'm they're thinking, thinking of America. Just like they're not even thinking of America. Back, like, they're not thinking of America, they're thinking of Oneida. They're thinking of Noise. Oh god, I hope not. Anyway... Now I'm really sad. I, I like well, want to drink. Like, it's interesting because like it said in the article that I was reading that like the... Do you want to cite this article publicly? No, I because... really don't because I'm pretty sure it's this one might have been Wikipedia. But it also might have been the New York Times. I don't remember. But it was So like... check out the Wikipedia or the New York Times article well, that so, Ashley read. So I read... I did three sources this week. You're welcome. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Everyone? Round of applause for Ashley. You're welcome. You're welcome. And not in the clap version. <laughs> Thank you. I don't have time for that. I have an episode to edit. Ashley, uh, please insert a applause for yourself here. You're not making the round of applause any better, metaphorically. <laughs> insert I, a round of applause. No. Thank you. I will not. I, what if I find it for you? No, I'm saying I will not insert a line of gentlemen sailors. Who are about to- no not doing that not that one i meant an actual like i know clapping. i was going but we're over analyzing this anyway all right so i've had really bad tea beer why tea beer why is this a thing so once the children were weaned usually around the age of one this part is real fucked up they were raised well so like the communal raisings isn't the weird part but the next part they were raised communally in the children's wing, or as it was sometimes called, the south wing. This so is I... the fucked up part. Sorry, do you want to interject before Yeah, just I... before you describe it. In... Before I make you dejected and sad. Um, I mean, I'm almost out of beer, so thank God, because I still have whiskey down here. Um, <laughs> You're gonna need home. it. This is its home. This is where it's happy. It's still the maple whiskey, for those of you who are wondering. Um... So when you say communally raised, I just assume the children are like in a prison setup where there are the parents can watch them from balconies and then they have rooms off the edge and then they can yell at children and preferably using a marshmallow gun, kind of like if they're misbehaving, just keep shooting marshmallows at them. Also, I really enjoy marshmallow guns. All right. So <clears throat> they were raised communally in the children's wing. Their parents were allowed to visit, but if those in charge of the children's wings suspected a parent and child were bonding too closely, the community would enforce a period of separation. The status fucking thing I've read all week, and you know the week that I've had. That's awful. So... Just completely disregard developmental psychology now. Not, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a thing yet, but still. What the fuck? You know the views of children at this period. Children should be seen, not heard. What I know, but like... to children? They are just to take care of you when you're old and who cares if you actually have a bond because mommy and daddy mommy or daddy i should say could be addicted to opium it's fine it's fine you're just there to tend the farm well or in mommy and daddy's case radical christians so like probably not addicted to opium i mean i don't know their life but probably not i'm just going general victorian society here 
you're either born to tend the farm, born because daddy was hor- horny and probably raped his wife. Um, not here, maybe, though. Not here, you maybe. C- committee approval. Committee approved, baby. Yeah. Or maybe your parents did love you, but Victorian society dictates that, you know, not that much affection is given to children. It's fine. And if your parents didn't give you a hug, you know, middle class society, Victorian society said, hey, you don't need to raise your kids. That's what governesses or nannies or boarding schools for. They'll turn out fine. This is definitely not why a lot of people didn't have attachments and didn't know what the fuck was going on. Well, so but like, that's fine. They kind of did send them off to be raised by someone else, if you think about it, because like the children's like, it's, they're not raising their own kids. It's not the people who are approved to, like, make the kids who are raising them. They can visit, but the people who run the children's wing are not necessarily the ones who make the children, if that makes sense. Do you think the people who run the children's wing are really sad because they can't have kids? Probably not, because, like, just because they didn't procreate to make them, like, they still get to do the raising part. That's true. So, I don't know. Probably not. That just seems so, like my worst nightmare is, like, a giant... I'm still picturing it as a prison set up. And the, the, there's just, like, a giant, basically empty room full of yeah, children. And, I know. And, like, you know... My logical brain says it probably wasn't as bad as we think it is. But then, like, my emotional brain is going, what the fuck? So... This, this tea beer is more potent than I thought. <laughs> Recurring theme of this episode, what I, is tea Courtney beer? Courtney is like... What is tea beer, but also how am I this drunk? (laughs) Pretty much. Okay, we're almost there. So Oneida embodied one of the most radical and institutional efforts to change women's role and improve female status in 19th century America. Before you jump on my ass for not citing that, just know that part came from Wikipedia. (laughs) Wikipedia does cite its sources, though. It does. I deleted the link, though, so I couldn't tell you. It did have a little thing after it, though. A little Um, Yeah. A footnote? Externally, gotta love it. All right, women gained some freedoms in the commune that they could not have on the outside. Uh, some of these included the ability to wear functional bloomer style clothing, and if they so chose, to maintain short haircuts. So there's a picture of that. It's picture number three. So they got to wear pants. Sort of like they're still like they still sort of look like a skirt. I think. So, basically, they're wide-legged pants. Yeah, they're not, like, considered immodest or anything like that, because they're not, like, figure... They're not, like, form-fitting, but... Can we please talk about the one who's staring directly at the camera? I know, right? My soul? I don't want to look at her! Like, I don't think I own my soul anymore. I'm pretty sure it's hers. I'm just gonna cut that into a close-up and just share that on Instagram. Do it. To haunt people. You're welcome. get ready. We're all gonna be servants of that lady's soul sucking empire all right also i'm not gonna lie the guy all the way on the left has the most impressive beard it's gotta be yeah it's great right and everyone has hats they do because think of the time period (laughs) all right um women were also able to participate in practically all types of community work um Domestic duties are made primarily female responsibility, but women were also that. free to explore positions in business and sales, Ooh. or as artisans or craftsmen, and many did so, particularly in the late 1860s and early 1870s. Uh, lastly, women had an active role in shaping community policy, participating in the daily religious and business meetings. 
All right, so now we're going to get to the fun stuff. <clears throat> the community the lady lasted. now owns my soul. I'm sorry, I just keep staring at this picture. The community lasted until John Humphrey Noyes attempted to pass leadership to his son, Theodore Noyes. The move was unsuccessful, though, because Theodore was an agnostic and lacked his father's talent for leadership, and it also divided the community because another member, John Tower, attempted to take control for himself. It was a tower and noise battle? Yes. Who do you think won? The answer, Um, I'll tell you. Everyone. Nobody. Exactly everyone. That's true. Okay. (laughs) Except for a lady who's enjoyed, who enjoyed wearing these long, these fun pants and that lady who stole my soul. One and the same. All right. So. Maybe she won. Maybe maybe she she secretly took over. She probably did. Within the commune, there was a debate about when children should be initiated into sex and by whom. Which is a solid question. Probably should have figured that out before he started, you know, breeding children. And I use that term very intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, furthermore, the founding members were aging or deceased, and many of the younger community members desired to enter into exclusive traditional marriages. Really? Yeah. Well, if you think about it, like, these people were rebelling against their parents' generation who were sort of really rigid, and they were like, you know what? Nope, we're going to do this totally different thing. So it sort of makes sense that their children's rebellion would be to embrace the traditions of their grandparents or whoever and the prevailing society at the time and be like, rebelling against your rebellion, which is therefore traditionalism. So it's like the the kids of the 50s and early 60s right. making the parents of the 70s and early 80s. Which right. The kids and then the, the yuppies 80s. of the 80s and 90s who wanted everything that their parents were like, no, it's probably not great. Yeah. Yep. I'm just thinking of Lizzie Bennet Diaries, um, <laughs> the 2.5 uh, W like, White Picket Fence Club. Yeah. You have 2.5 kids on a white picket fence. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So the capstone, though, to all these pressures was the campaign by Professor John Mears of Hamilton College against the community. I like that they use that word capstone to talk about a college professor. I see what they did there. You are clever. You are witty. Good work, Wikipedia. <laughs> he called good for... work whoever wrote this wikipedia article i approve right. of you we like you he called for a protest meeting against the united community it was attended by 47 clergymen it was a lot. just just a them lot. i don't know who else came but there were at least 47 guys in the clergy and they were all like frowning at them sternly you do know how hard it is to get that me- right. many members of the clergy many together people, like yeah a pope has to die or there's a position up or maybe there's a disaster. Well, this that's really it. sort of all three. Um, because John Humphrey Noyes straight peaced out uh, after, <laughs> just wait, after his trusted advisor, Myron Kinsley, was like, yo, there's a warrant for your arrest coming on charges of statutory rape. So, like, probably leave. And then he that's was like, good for, good for he the goes, law. He goes, good call. And he goes to Canada. Um, it says he fled the United community and, and the country in the middle of a June night in 1879, never to return to the United States. Shortly afterward, he wrote to his followers from Niagara Falls, Ontario, recommending that the practice of complex marriage be abandoned. Can so we just like, talk about how he hey. went to Canada? I know, right? He was like, hey, you know that thing that everyone's all up in arms about? Yeah, I was wrong. Cut that shit out. Just stop. And they were like, all right. And then they did. 
Well, yeah, because they probably were like, I don't well, want to keep fucking like, you. It's interesting, again, to compare and contrast with, like, the fundamentalist Mormons who, when they realized that the community had a huge issue with their polygamy, they were like, hey, we should probably, like, the Mormon church went, we should probably not be doing that. And then most of them were okay with it and they stopped. But then they had the splinter groups that were like, no, that's, like, the whole point, dude. I'm really oversimplifying this, but... Yeah. I mean, they did get run out of, like, three towns before they got to Utah, so... Kirtland being one of them. Yeah. Fun fact. Okay. Yeah, I got stuck behind one of their tour buses the other day, and I was not very <laughs> pleased. <laughs> can I please change the picture? Because she's stealing my yeah. soul. Well, I mean, yeah, you can. It's just the next part. So, complex marriage was abandoned that year, and the community soon broke apart. Marital partners normalized their status with the partners with whom they were cohabiting at the time of the reorganization. Over 70 community members entered into a traditional marriage in the following year. Um, yeah. So, they already really were in a marriage, but they They were, were but like, they were also not... It was sort of like, whoever at the time was... Fucking whoever. Into, you know, like, it was this thing of, okay, we're not doing everyone does everyone anymore, so like... If you have a particular favorite, maybe settle down with them and call it a marriage again if you weren't married before. And I wonder how many married couples, I couldn't find a thing about this, but I wonder how many couples came, like, that were married when they entered the community. Oh. I, I'm, I would be interested to see how that, if that happened, how it went down, but I couldn't find yeah. it. Um, so, Noise died in Canada in 1886. The rem- remaining members of the community set up a joint stock company, probably before he died, but I'm not sure, um, known as Oneida Community Limited, which carried on various industries, particularly the manufacture of silver plate as a commercial enterprise. These are some nice spoons. They are. Um, during the early 20th century, the new company narrowed their focus to silverware, which is what that picture that you're looking at is now. They have it's a nice one of them. The yeah, I mean, that was one of the patterns that I could find. There were a whole bunch because they had a lot of people contributing to the design and manufacture. But um, they had an animal trap business, which was sold in 1912, a silk business that they sold in 1916, and a canning business that was discontinued because it was unprofitable in 1915. Um, so the joint stock corporation that they founded still exists today and is a major producer of cutlery under the brand name Oneida Limited. Fun fact, I'm pretty sure you can buy them at Walmart. I might be wrong, but I feel like when I bought my first set of, like, flatware... I'm Googling this. Pretty sure I bought Oneida stuff at Walmart. Anyway. Um. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure you can get it at Walmart. Yeah. In September of 2004, Oneida Limited announced it would cease all U.S. manufacturing operations in the beginning of 2005, ending a 124-year tradition. So, like, they still sell it here, but I don't think it's made in the U.S. anymore. Because, you know, finding still people have, interest, interested they, in silverware is very hard. Well, like, how often do you buy silverware? Probably once every few years, maybe. Like, it's not like a thing that you're buying on the regular, hopefully. And if it is. Where is it all going? Why do forks always go missing? I don't know, but it's a pattern. Maybe that could be an episode. Why do forks always go missing? We'll get we'll get really like, drunk and then we'll debate do it, the question. Yeah, like we'll do it like a fourth grader science fair project. We'll get a poster board, like a three, like the three, pro, like the trifold thing. We sell them at work. I can buy it. It's fine. If if you would like, 
I guess it'll be a Patreon. If we ever have a Patreon, yeah. that'll be a Patreon we'll just, episode. We'll do a video of us giving our presentation on why do forks always go missing. If you're interested in this, please tweet at us or whatever way you can communicate with us. And let us know if you would like us to do a presentation drunk. Because that would mean Ashley would have to be drunk. It wouldn't take much. I'll message your dad and make sure you get on that. Um, Are you kidding? It's not like it's a lack of availability. It's just I'm always No, I'm going to I'm gonna message morning. your dad to make sure that you do it. Oh, okay. Legitimately. Right. Oh, okay. We have one paragraph left. Let's just power through. After the breakup of the United community, the mansion house remained closed to the public for 106 years, although it did still serve as, like, apartments, so, like, a private residence during that time. Um, in 1987, the building began technically its third incarnation by adding a museum and eight guest rooms to the private apartments that were already there. Um, Would you live there? Probably. It's not like it's haunted. Or is it? Uh, as of 2000. Uh, when was that written? 2007. 47 people lived in the mansion house, some of whom were descendants of the Oneida community members, or they were longtime area residents who had retired. But there were also, like, some people who had no connection to the community that was there. They just kind of liked the grounds and the handsome building, which I relate to on a spiritual level. So. Yeah, that definitely would be me as I'm apartment haunting. <laughs> uh, apartment hunting, not haunting. Right, right. like, no, it's a nice building. It might be haunted, but I'm probably going to live here. <laughs> All right, so that's the story of the Oneida community. Good intentions, fucked up results. Good intentions, weird intentions. I mean, arguably chaotic neutral intentions, come to think of it. Weird names. Weird names. A lot of committees. Yes. Yeah, so and many. eugenic. Just imagine being on that many group projects. Oh my god. That many group projects. So podcast. Who's our, yeah, who's our podcast this week? Is it your best friend? It's my it's my podcast best friend, <laughs> Ashley. So it's Blood on the Rocks and it's I've been on this podcast. It's a lot of fun. Uh Ashley Taylor it does a lot of history, true crime, mysteries, and he always has a guest, normally has a guest on, I should say. Uh, he, my current favorite episode is The Killdozer. Is that the one that you were on? No, no, that, okay. no, the one I was on, I did the yeah, Melon Heads. did the Melon Heads, that's right. Which is a Kirtland story, but I figured since he's British, it's more fun to share it there. Um, also, we don't really do urban legends, so... Maybe we should for Halloween this year. We'll do Urban Legends. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did the Melon Heads, and he did a concentration camp in Slovenia, which is very apropos because I'm Slovenian. Considering, yeah. I'm 50%, so who knows? <laughs> I don't know the region that well, so. Uh, but, no, Killdozer, definitely a good intro episode. It's hilarious. And you ask yourself so many questions in... I mean, it's just a really good podcast. Also, great drink recommendations because you tend to drink on there, um, as it's called Blood on the Rocks. But yeah, and here oh, we go. Oh, I just got that. <laughs> oh my god. Hello, and welcome to a promo for Blood on the Rocks, a podcast on all things creepy, morbid, or otherwise dark. I'm your host, Axel Taylor. Join me and various guest hosts as we cover a whole load of subjects. We'll show you the world of serial killers, accidents, hauntings, black metal, and more. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and all those other fancy podcast platforms. Our and funny content may vary. Okay, and we're back. Um, 
as soon as you finish this, yeah, definitely go listen to Killdozer. Ashley's still shook because she just realized that Blood on the Rocks was like a joke how, on Whiskey on the Rocks. How how am I a living functioning person <laughs> in human society right now? You're just gonna go hang out with all the girl the girls from thirty three percent pulp who didn't realize that Daniel was making dick jokes the whole time. You guys can go hang out. I feel out. like ignorance was bliss is probably a little closer to where I am right now, <laughs> title wise, but okay. Well that's like <laughs> three podcast shout outs in 30 seconds <laughs> go listen to them all do it just waterboard your friends for them too yeah <laughs> definitely okay. um so we have a buddy the cat update it's not a good one guys i'm sorry yeah so buddy had a new home and he was very loved but after six months after we've we had him in our traumatic incident in October he has sadly passed he never really could get over an upper like kind of respiratory thing he lived 13 long years most most of them were filled with love the past couple years not as much but the last six months was a lot of love and you know we're all happy he's he's out of pain he's not going to be sick anymore so hug your pets a little closer tonight I know like when we found out we definitely were appreciative of our pets and uh I'm sorry this is a downer way to end the episode. We were gonna do it at the top but then like we got, got distracted carried away. Yeah we got distracted. Uh but yeah, so um his the other cat is still doing really well. His uh sister cat, yeah, is still doing really well and thriving. So, you know, so we're just happy it. that at least he had six months of love, and now Lucky will have continued years, hopefully, of love, because she was she's still pretty healthy. So just be grateful for healthy pets, and as sad as this is, he's in a better place. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I guess this, we'll just exit out of this, and you can go listen to one of the podcasts yeah. we recommend to cheer yourself cheer up. Cheer yourself up. <laughs> go listen to Killdozer, because you'll laugh from blood on the rocks it, it, it's literally really funny i couldn't stop laughing <laughs> it's a kill bulldozer what is not funny about that <laughs> <laughs> okay so thank you for listening to the cult of domesticity we are available on apple Podcasts, google play chorus spotify youtube and podbean if we're not on your preferred app again how just but just let us know which app you would like us to be on so we can fix it and you know rate review subscribe on itunes or wherever you listen on facebook shout us out to all your friends on twitter you know the deal to spread the word or waterboard your friends and family to listen to us geneva convention what's that who knows we you can't prove we can't prove that you did it because of us check us out on facebook and twitter at domestic podcast and at the cult of domesticity on instagram to get the episode tip off recipe of the week and additional information about the week's topics you can also find our podcast merch which is a thing now on threadless by searching the cult of domesticity and if you're feeling particularly generous we've set up a tip jar on paypal finally to suggest a recipe or topic email us at domesticpodcast at gmail.com also if i've been thinking about this we need we need we need names are we your leaders are we your i don't know what cult names or whatever but if you have any ideas let us know but until then ashley high five high five nailed it